Hello and welcome to this School of Surgery podcast. My name is Lee Creedon and I'm a Clinical Research Fellow in General Surgery. This podcast will be the first part of a series of podcasts that look at acute imaging in surgical patients. The first part will be looking at the use of x-rays. We will firstly run through the objectives that aim to be covered over this series of podcasts. Firstly, we need to appreciate the different imaging modalities that are available when patients are admitted acutely. You also need to be able to identify the different strengths and weaknesses of each technique and understand when each technique is most appropriate dependent on the patient's admitting symptoms and likely diagnoses. We'll also go through some unusual scenarios that you should keep in mind. The objectives for this podcast are mapped to the ISCP Modules 1 and Modules 2. Module 1 is the basic science and knowledge relevant to surgical practice, and in particular, diagnostic and interventional radiology. And then Module 2 is common surgical conditions. There are a number of imaging modalities that can be used when patients are admitted acutely. X-rays can be performed of the chest and the abdomen. Ultrasound scans can be performed either transabdominally or transvaginally and can look generally at the abdomen or the pelvis or they can be more specific to an organ or system such as a renal tract or biliary tract. Computerised tomography or CT can be performed of the chest, abdomen or pelvis and again can be more specific so you can undergo a renal tract CT or a CT of the pancreas or other solid organs. Magnetic resonance imaging or MRI can be performed of the abdomen, the pelvis or specific organ systems such as the liver, the biliary tree or small bowel. As mentioned, this podcast will focus on x-rays and we'll start off with the chest x-ray. Chest x-rays are quick and easy to perform and can be performed either portably on the ward or down in the x-ray department. They are cheap and have the benefit of only utilising a low dose of radiation. X-rays could be useful to identify free intra-abdominal air which is seen as an air bubble underneath the diaphragm and occasionally they can identify pulmonary causes for upper abdominal pain such as a lower lobe pneumonia. As with chest x-rays, abdominal x-rays are also quick and easy to perform but these must be performed down in the x-ray department which means the patient must be fit enough to travel. Although it's a higher dose of radiation, there's still a low dose of radiation in comparison to imaging modalities such as CT. The main use for x-rays of the abdomen are for the identification of dilated bowel loops of either small or large bowel. They are not particularly useful for the majority of causes of intra-abdominal pain. We will now go through a couple of clinical cases that identifies the usefulness of x-rays and when they should be performed. Our first case is that of a 66-year-old male which presented with a six-hour history of acute onset upper abdominal pain that occurred whilst eating. He also has some associated nausea and prior to this has never suffered these symptoms before. His past medical history is significant for hypertension, ischemic heart disease, previous right inguinal hernia repair and an appendicectomy as a child. 
His drug history includes ramipril, amlodipine and aspirin. On examination, he is noted to have localised peritonism over the upper abdomen. Briefly think about what radiological investigation you would want to request first and what on this test would you be looking for? This is the patient's chest x-ray. Have a look at the chest x-ray and see if you can identify the abnormality. In a patient with this history and examination findings, the first test to request would be an urgent erect chest x-ray. What you're looking for is air under the diaphragm, which you can see is present on the right side of the x-ray just above the liver. The history, examination and x-ray findings suggest an upper GI perforation. Our next case is that of a 77-year-old female that has presented with a 24-hour history of gradual onset abdominal distension, bowels not having opened for 48 hours, and at present is not passing any flatus. She has been nauseous and has begun to vomit while in the department. Her past medical history includes an anterior resection for rectal cancer three years ago and hypothyroidism. Her drug history includes lansoprazole, simvastatin and senna. On examination, her abdomen is obviously distended and there is obvious midline laparotomy scar and previous scar for a stomacide. Her abdomen is soft and there is no focal tenderness, but it is noted that there is high-pitched bowel sounds and on PR, her rectum is empty. Again, just think about what radiological investigation would you request first and on that investigation, what would you be looking for? This is the patient's abdominal x-ray. Have a look at this x-ray and see if you can identify the abnormality and come up with a list of differential diagnoses. Any patient that has presented with these signs and symptoms needs to undergo an urgent abdominal x-ray. The x-ray, as I mentioned before, needs to be performed in the department, so the patient needs to be fit enough to travel down. On the x-ray, you're looking for any dilated loops of large or small bowel. The history and examination findings in our patient may suggest small bowel obstruction secondary to adhesions. The x-ray shows dilated loops of small bowel. These are identified by the valvular coniventus. Differential diagnosis could be obstructed hernia or recurrent cancer. If you look at this abdominal x-ray, you will notice that there are also loops of dilated bowel, but they differ in their appearance from that of the previous x-ray. This x-ray is showing dilated loops of large bowel 
rather than small bowel. It is important to be able to tell the difference between small and large bowel on an abdominal x-ray. This table shows a number of the different features of each small and large bowel that may help you do this. The mucosal markings that are found in small bowel traverse the whole diameter of the small bowel and are known as valvuli conniventis, whereas in the large bowel is less than half of the diameter that is crossed and these are known as haustra. Dilated small bowel is defined as that anything that is greater than 3 centimetres, whereas large bowel is anything greater than 6 centimetres and the cecum anything greater than 9 centimetres. You can also tell by the positioning of the, of the bowel whether it's small or large. Small bowel tends to be central in the abdomen, whereas large bowel tends to be around the periphery. Although chest x-rays and abdominal x-rays are performed fairly regularly in surgical patients, they are in fact very limited in the amount of information they can give us. Chest x-rays are essentially limited to looking for free air and pulmonary pathology. And abdominal x-rays are limited to identifying dilated bowel. They're not useful in patients that are presenting with non-specific causes of abdominal pain. And rarely are they used for identifying renal calculi and should never be used for trying to identify biliary calculi. We are now going to run through a couple of more unusual clinical cases that you may see during general surgical attachment. Our first case is that of a 55-year-old male that has presented with a two-week history of upper abdominal pain, gastric reflux and occasional vomiting. His past medical history is significant for osteoarthritis, diabetes and hypertension and his drug history includes ibuprofen, metformin and philodipine. On examination, his abdomen is soft but he does have some mild epigastric tenderness on deep palpation. On his way to the surgical assessment unit from A&E, an erect chest x-ray was performed. Have a look at this semi-erect chest x-ray and see if you can identify the abnormality. Our next case is that of an 84-year-old male has presented with a two-hour history of acute central abdominal pain radiating into his back and was associated with collapse. His past medical history includes hypertension, diabetes and hyperlipidemia and he is currently taking aspirin, metformin, glycolyzide, ramipril, bisoprolol and atorvastatin. On examination, the patient looks pale and sweaty and he has a soft abdomen but he's generally tender. Have a look at this x-ray and see if you can identify any abnormalities that may be responsible for his symptoms.
As discussed, abdominal x-rays are generally only useful to try and identify dilated loops of small and large bowel. In the x-ray you've just seen, there are no loops of dilated large or small bowel, but it does in fact show the calcified wall of an abdominal aortic aneurysm. These x-ray findings, along with his symptoms and examination findings, may suggest a potential contained rupture of this abdominal aortic aneurysm. The patient therefore needs to undergo an urgent CT angiogram aorta, but only if he is stable enough to go down to CT. We've now come to the end of this podcast and I'm quickly going to summarise the two take-home points. Firstly, erect chest x-rays are useful to try and identify free air under the diaphragm in the investigation of a suspected intra-abdominal perforation. And the second point, abdominal x-rays are useful to try and identify dilated loops of large or small bowel, but they are less useful in the investigation of abdominal pain due to other causes.